The Scottish FA Cup fourth round. Brecon City nil. Dundee United one. Clydebank against Burnian as a late kickoff. Dundee one. Meadowbank Thistle one. Alloa Athletic Airdrieonians. Heart of Midlothian. Hamilton Academical. Queen's Park. Queen of the South. These are names I associate with the Saturday tea times of my childhood when I'd sit down to watch the football results on BBC's Grandstand programme and the mention of Stenhouse Muir and Stirling Albion would conjure up images of... well, images of what exactly? I really didn't know. Scottish League Division 1, Clyde 1, Edrionians 0, the Barton 2, Montrose 1. They sounded exotic, faraway places with a touch of romance and mystery that the more familiar English clubs seem to lack. Scottish League Division 2, Air United 2, Alloa 0. I'm Lionel Burney, and I grew up two doors down from Simon Gill. Hello! As children, our two obsessions were football, and then a little later, cycling. We played and watched football together, and we'd head into the Hertfordshire lanes on our bikes, pretending we were riding the Tour de France. When the pandemic put life on pause, we talked about what we'd like to do when we could travel again. I said I wanted to do a multi-day bike ride of some sort. Simon said he wanted to visit and photograph every Scottish football league ground. We looked at a map and realised we could combine the two ideas. The Tour de Cosse was born, the beautiful game on two wheels. There are so many questions to be answered over the course of this series, Will we make it as far as Forfar without falling out? Why are Cowden Beath called the Blue Brazil? What actually is Iron Brew? And do my ancestors really hail from Burnie? Queen's Park nil, Albion Rovers nil. Spelling Albion one, East After just 165 rest days, the Tour de Cosse resumed in late September. Now that's my idea of a grand tour schedule. Before we got rolling again, Simon and I visited Glasgow and went to Hampden Park to see Scotland beat Ukraine 3-0 in an international match. The crowd singing Flower of Scotland before kickoff was one of those spine-tingling moments that big football and rugby internationals throw up. We awoke next morning to torrential rain and as the race director, I took the unilateral decision to delay the start by a few hours in the hope that the worst of the weather would pass. When we eventually got going, our route took us to Bonnie Rig Rose Athletics Ground where we would start the ride. The club were the newest arrivals in the Scottish League, promoted at Cowden Beath's expense since we'd last been in Scotland. We then cut across Edinburgh and went over the fourth bridge again. No confusion about which of the three bridges we were taking this time. Then it was past Kirkcaldy and another glimpse at Wraith Rovers ground before heading on past and up the coast to Methil, home of East Fife. Then we turned inland for our overnight stop, a total distance of 81.5 kilometres. Where are we, Simon? We are at Bonnie Rig Rose Football Club. The Rosie Poses, you told me their nickname is. What a delightful nickname. It's a pretty grey, damp morning, isn't it? We've delayed the start of stage 10 of the Tour de Cosse. As the race director and chief commissaire, I've implemented the extreme weather protocol and delayed our start 
it's just after half past 11, isn't it? Because the rain's been coming down pretty heavily on and off all morning. Typical, isn't it? Apparently the weather in Edinburgh has been lovely for about the last week. And uh, as soon as we turn up, it starts raining. But I promise you, from tomorrow, the weather is fine again. It's just, if we can get through this morning, get across the bridge. Um, Sorry, you promised me. Actual <laughs> promise. That's a, that's a Lionel promise. Fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic Football Club. A detour, really, on our trip, because when we drew up the itinerary, Bonnie Rig was not one of the stage start or finish towns. It wasn't going to be on our route, but in May time, at the end of the last football season, Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic got promoted to the Scottish Football League at the expense of poor old Cowden Beath. The Blue Brazil have gone. Oh, one of my favourite teams as well. Great ground. But I've already developed a bit of a, an affection for Bonnie Rig. They're, they're nice, nice, uh, nice couple of chaps there uh, sorting out the pitch. Very green and a particular lovely uh, little element of the ground, a grass terrace. A grass terrace with actual cr crush barriers in the grass. Correct. Red metal crush barriers to control the crowd. Uh, the crowd. I mean, I don't know what sort of attendances Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic get, but I guess as their first season in the Scottish Football League, they've started pretty well, actually. They've started okay. very well, yeah. And we've just done our traditional photograph at the ground we've been getting a photograph of ourselves taken at every ground haven't we more or less on the tour de cost and we posed in front of the bonnie rig rose athletic supporters wall and one of the bricks on the supporters wall is named for sir sean connery james bond wow. 007 no way now sean connery as a young man played for bonnie rig rose junior sides didn't make it as a footballer but turned out to be a half decent actor I mean, I'm not a Bond fan, but I would say he's my favourite Bond. And that's not controversial, is it? Is it controversial to not be a Bond? To, is it a bit uh, Marmite, not Marmite thing? I don't know. Are you a Bond you might, fan? I'm not prepared to say one way or the other. I don't, <laughs> want, to, I don't want to alienate myself with your listeners in any way. <laughs> Is it something that splits 50-50? I don't know, I just never... Whenever a Bond film was on the telly as a kid, I was just like, oh. Really? Yeah. I don't know why. You love Doctor Who, though. Doctor Who and James Bond are not similar, are they? <laughs> James Bond is not a time-travelling, you know... Too real. ...wandering adventure. <laughs> James Bond's too real for me, yeah. I prefer, prefer the... No, I prefer the reality of a man-slash-woman now with... 12 lives who can travel through time and space in an old-fashioned 1960s blue police box that's bigger on the inside than on the outside. I mean, that's my kind of reality. I'm pretty sure you used to be a very good at making the noise that the box made as well. Could you do that for us? I can't, no. I can't. I mean, this, is, this how, is this how it's going to go? We're going to have six stages of the Tour de Cosse with you setting me up for some kind of childhood-based humiliation. <laughs> yes, listeners, I, did, I, yeah. I was a massive Doctor Who fan as a child. Um, Doctor Who, football and cycling. There's not a Doctor Who element to the Tour de Cosse, though, is there? Um, maybe, well, we could time travel to the end in Dingwall, just like that. Click of the fingers, yeah. get in the TARDIS. But we can't do that. We've got to cycle uh, six stages on this second part of the Tour de Cosse, 600 kilometres, give or take, 16 football grounds. You, you, you winced there at 600 kilometres. That sounds like a lot at the moment. 
but oh, you're in good form. We had a good ride a couple of weeks ago, didn't we, at the tour of the cornfields? Um, I mean, you rode through my dust very well. <laughs> yeah, I thought I'm. I might be going a bit better. I thought oh, he's 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 not been on his bike for a few weeks. Um, part one of the tour of Scott, the tour de Cos was it was behind me. I put that to bed. I thought now now we go, but. The pattern unfortunately repeated itself and I was starting to flail off the back again. Well, we'll take it easy today because it's going to be wet, oh, isn't it? Pity. I'll take it easy on you. <laughs> no, I said we'll take it easy, <laughs> not I'll take yeah, it no, easy. I saw the little glint in the eye. Well, I've decided to ride my winter bike, my Condor, which is uh, kitted out with mudguard because it is wet this morning. Even if it's not raining right at this minute, the roads are wet. I'm going to try and minimise the amount of spray covering my legs. I've also got my fashionable waterproof trousers on, which you... Very, very fashionable. Um, If I could just describe your current look, you've got pink overshoes, um, some flappy but very um, useful effective effective waterproof trousers and uh, a luminous uh, jacket gilet um, helmet yeah yeah you look, you're visible very visible I'm visible well that's the name of the game today we're riding across Edinburgh aren't we so we want to be visible to the traffic and uh, I think take it take it easy getting across Edinburgh once we get to the bridge and you know the the roads will quieten down a bit and we're heading round past the ground we've already visited actually so we no need to stop at Wraith Rovers Starks Park we did that on the first we're kind of retracing a bit of the route that we did when we left Edinburgh the first time round um, Bonnie Rig Rose Athletic have kind of well they've they've forced us to redraw the route of the Tour de Cos midway through extraordinary you couldn't imagine that happening in the Tour de France, could you? Sorry, you've got to go back and do a, do a bit again. <laughs> but, you know, that's what makes the Tour de Cos such a magical event, as I'm sure everyone is already aware. It's, you know, captured the imagination of literally a handful of people. <laughs> um, one other thing, Simon, people this time will be able to follow our dot. Oh, that's exciting. Yeah. That is quite exciting, I isn't wonder, it? Do you think... Someone might join us to like pop out of a, a little alleyway or a cul-de-sac and just start riding alongside us. Who I'd knows? Love I'd love that. If that Who happened. knows? Well, if that happens, we'll get the recorder on and, and say hello mm. to whoever it is that's uh, joined us. We'll go and see, shall we? Yeah. A little break in the rain. We're actually stopping for a, a quick coffee at Detour Espresso after only uh, about a dozen kilometres, so... Let's get on the road. We're in one new football ground today, East Fife Football Club in Methil, and then we are heading inland a bit from there to Fruki, which, as we'll find out later, is more famous for cricket than football. Scotland, you wouldn't think of being a great cricket-playing nation, particularly. Careful. That's not controversial, is it? Not a test-playing nation, is it? So, but... Fruki really put Scottish cricket on the map. We'll find out a bit more about that when we get there later on. Um, so let's, yeah, let's get rolling. I'm, I'm really up for it now. Let's go. And full disclosure as well, we have our support vehicle with us. Our broom wagon. Um, would you like to introduce John to, to everybody? We'll introduce John a little later on. Okay. okay. <laughs> He's waving. 
He's waving from the broom wagon. <laughs> We've already had to tell him that he doesn't have to drive it like a broom wagon right behind us, demoralising <laughs> us as we sweeping up the wagon of shame, sweeping up behind us. No, uh, we'll rendezvous with John a bit later on. And uh, yeah, let's get moving. I could do with the coffee now. Will Lionel crack at Cowden Beef, bonk at Breakin, or run out of gas at Greenock Morton? The Tour de Course is sponsored by Super Sapiens. The insight from the Super Sapiens system of continuous glucose monitoring can help make the sudden loss of energy a thing of the past. The insights from Super Sapiens system of continuous glucose monitoring can help make the sudden loss of energy a thing of the past. Gain real-time insights into your body's energy levels and the factors that change your glucose levels with Super Sapiens. Find out more at supersapiens.com. How's it going, guys? Hey, yeah. Welcome. Hello there. Hi. Hi, Hi, nice Hi. Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi, Simon. Hi. Hi, Lionel. Nice Good to meet you. you. What's your name, sorry? Matt. Hi, Matt. And you own Detour I do. Espresso. I do, yeah. yeah. Tell, tell me all about it. Well, it's a coffee shop. We sell coffee. Uh, we are coffee. You can be coffee too. <laughs> well, we're going to be coffee in just a minute. We've placed our order at cycling themed cafe. You've got a big map of France on the wall there. That's You've got the some back issues. Yeah, back issues of Pro Cycling magazine there. Yeah. And, and uh, is that a Merck's track bike up it there? It is a Merck's track bike. Currently out to pasture in retirement. It's not mine, I hasten to add. Uh, the guys from the bike shop up the road, they, it's one of them. One of theirs. Okay, nice. So he used to race on it and. Uh, now it's on our wall. Lovely. Looking lovely. What's the cycling culture in Edinburgh like these days? Um, it feels like a really cycling-friendly city. We've just come in from Bonnie Rig and segregated... the state of the roads. The roads are pretty shocking. You've probably experienced a bit of that. A bit of weaving past the potholes, that's <laughs> for sure. Yeah, but there is segregated cycle lanes. A, a lot yeah. of the city, isn't there? Yeah, there are. There are, although... There's mixed feelings about those. Sometimes you feel like you're being kind of corralled into the, the worst sections of road and you can't get out, you know. But it's, I think there is a sort of good intention to try and try and encourage cycling, but I just wish they'd sort the surfaces out, really. And what about coffee culture in Edinburgh? Very strong, very strong culture. Um, lots of really good coffee shops, lots of nice independent coffee shops, thriving kind of independent coffee scene here, so that's all good. I'm not picking up much of an Edinburgh accent. Where, where no. are you from? Oxford. 25 years in Oxford. That's your neck of the... Well, no, you're Watford, aren't you? I'm sort of the other side of the Chilterns, yeah. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, wouldn't say uh, Watford and Oxford have got a lot in yeah. common. I mean, the University of Life in Watford is uh, yes. you know, where I graduated yeah. from. Yeah, not, Watford's not known for its university, is it, really? University culture in Watford. <laughs> not so much, not so much. Um, so what brought you up to Edinburgh? Uh, just felt like the right thing to do at the time really it was uh, I lived here on my own for a, not on my own uh, I was a single man at the turn of the century and when I left I thought I'd like to like to come back so that was a good opportunity felt like time for a change came back with three kids in tow and here we are so you sold the dream I want to start a cycling cafe in Edinburgh and funnily enough they believed it <laughs> well it looks like it's working out and what about cycling what's your history with cycling 
been cycling for about 10 years. Um, a friend of mine suggested I watch the, the tour. Morning, Farouk. He's one of our regulars. Got a lot of regulars here. This guy's a bit of a problem, but... 10 minutes. <laughs> um, yeah, uh, watched the tour one year, just got completely hooked, fell in love with it, as you do, you know. You hear that story a lot, don't you? But uh, got a bike and never looked back. Well, looked back a lot, actually. But <laughs> we're heading up to the bridge to go oh, across yeah. the bridge, and then we're going round and up into Fife this afternoon. Been over the bridge many times on a bike. It's uh, surprisingly steep, actually, going over. There's quite a kind of arch on it, more than you realise when you're driving it, and obviously a lot of wind as well. You... I always thought when I moved to Scotland as a cyclist that it would be the hills that did for me, but actually the wind is, is, a, is a much bigger issue than, than the hills, than the climbs, really. Are you a weekend rider? Where is yeah. it good to get out from yeah, when you get out of the city? Yeah, down the coast, some, some routes over the bridge into Fife. Um, a lot of the time we just go east. There's beautiful riding over in East Lothian, countryside over there, the coast road. You go out on a weekday evening and the, the coast road is chock-a-block with cyclists all doing... TTs or club rides or chain gangs or you know so there's some big cycling clubs in Edinburgh Edinburgh Road Club that's not the one I'm in there's a smaller one called Rond um, that's that's my club tend to meet over the other side of town from here but um, yeah it's a strong scene here well we better push on actually yeah. but lovely yeah. to meet you and you and you good luck with the rest of the trip so you got three days to do four five after today five Five. Quite a long way up to Dingwall, you know, in yeah. the Oh, is it all the way up to Dingwall? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the, uh, getting in the K's there. Fantastic. Good luck. Thank you very much. At the Detour Cafe, I also met a couple of Richard's very dear friends who'd come to see us off. Alan Patullo, a sports writer for The Scotsman, who we'll hear from later in the series, and the filmmaker Finlay Pretzel, who made the 2018 film Time Trial which focuses on David Miller. I've written books, spoken at conferences, done about a thousand interviews. It's not real anymore, so it doesn't mean anything. I have the most vivid dream. I was with my best friend. We were at some tall building. I pushed him off. I spent the rest of the dream trying to get down the building to get to him. This meeting is being recorded. Oh, okay, no problem. I later caught up with Finley because I wanted to talk to him about cycling on film. Okay, <laughs> No, oh, no, no swearing. Okay, I'll start yeah, yeah, off. Yeah, yeah. If, you could, if you could just put the tie back on, Finley. You're Sorry, I know. I myself a bit better. So my, my, my question is, I mean, professional cycling is such a visually dynamic sport, and yet it seems... It seems like it should be an absolute no-brainer to be able to tell these grand epic stories in documentary form. And yet it seems also to be quite difficult. I mean, what are the challenges and why is that? Yeah, it's funny. I, I think I just I had this conversation the other day with somebody and I think we we're talking about this kind of new Netflix series coming, which I I would have loved to have been part of, actually, and I kind of almost was. And I, th I hope that a, a, a kind of thrilling, wild ride will come from that, you know, that will capture and encapsulate all these different elements and uh, in a kind of s cinematic way, I suppose. But 
I, I, I think it's a problem we have with, with with our I had or we had with my film time trial, you know, because it's so uh, it's so cinematic, so visual, but yet again, trying to encapsulate all that's going on in that race, the way a three week tour is won, is it's it's blows your mind of how to try and explain that to somebody who knows nothing about cycling. And I think for me making my film, it was like, no, 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 we're not even going to do that. It's There's no point, you know. We'll just try and capture this one experience of being in a race because I've not seen that before. And if someone really is desperate to find out how the Tour de France works, they can Google it, you know. And I think I was always going for this idea of experience, you know, and and the the kind of the difficulty of it and when you can't do it anymore as in in david's case you, you know so i i think this what our biggest difficulty was you are you are of the access is really critical and and at the time we were making that film we didn't have as much access as i'm thinking the netflix aso collaboration will bring where ASO actually contacted the people who made the Netflix Drive to Survive film uh, series on Formula One to make this. So they'll have kind of carte blanche to make whatever they they like, which is the the most tricky thing to do, you know. And I think that that so we were always still kind of organising access all the way along. Not to David himself; he was really gracious with that and understood and was on board more with the team. So I think access is crucial. Telling the story of the race is another factor that's very difficult, and and also how you do it. You know, you, uh, like my idea was always we shoot as much as we can rather than relying on archive footage or footage from the kind of main broadcasters' bikes, you know. So we had to be in there, but then it's it comes at a price, you know. We don't have a helicopter, we don't have millions of motorbikes in the race, so you only capture so much. And because it was very limited, I, I one of the restrictions I had to have was it's on one person, David. And... A lot of the time, these guys in the races, whether you're winning the race or not, there's not much going on, you know? <laughs> and the hours of footage, you know, I remember we had assistants and uh, the kind of main editor, Kieran, who's working on it, watched hours of cyclists. And you sit down in the edit suite, and you're like, mm-hmm, cyclists, more cyclists, cycling. <laughs> and you're like, it's like... Not much goes on in these races that is worth a story or is a moment to say, ah, this explains what the race is about. And I suppose in many ways, I remember speaking to the Netflix person about this, is about this, uh, the the minutiae they talk about. And in the film, what I loved is the, the, the little moments that, David's mic'd up and someone will come alongside him and they'll just talk about the weather and the last race they did and where they're going on holiday. And I loved that. That was pure, you know, water fountain chat in the office. You know, it's like, yeah, they're doing a job. And, and 
And it's that mundanity that you can capture without the film being boring. You you can still catch a, a mundanity in there, which I think is part of the the sport, you know. And and also the mesmerizing effect. I could go on and on about that, you know. I think the it's uh, yeah. There's there's. I think that's the thing. It's those three things that are difficult to capture, you know. Because you were going for the experience, the immersive sense of being there almost on David Miller's shoulder for a race. I mean, that was the story you were telling. Um, but you, when you come to the Netflix um, type series, the story they can tell relies on the footage they get almost. You know, they can't, they yeah. can't just, otherwise it's just a talking heads, isn't it? That, so they actually need, that. so, so at what point does a kind of, the, the, almost the journalism get lost and, and, and the, the sort of the bare um, stripped down basis of fact is that we've got this footage, so this is the story we're going to tell. I mean, that must be such a tricky balance to strike. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> because... I think we we must have done it, made a version of that film with uh, a kind of very experimental version uh, with when David's David's story wasn't there almost you know his journey of the film of him going from this you know great uh, big next big thing winning the Tour de France to like the controversy and then at the end he's he's run out of steam, he can't do it anymore. And I think we we made a cut of that, you know, that was just almost barely any dialogue. And I, it, it, was, it had a place, it was very interesting. It was about 70 minutes long of just a kind of experience. And for me, like I'm inspired by these, um, a film, especially this film called Zidane, a 21st century portrait, which is a, very experimental film with a soundtrack by Mogwai, just 18 cameras focused on this one football player, Zinedine Zidane, like a master. And what I loved about that, it didn't you didn't see any of the play. And all you do is just, you're on the pitch with him, his focus, his scratching of his feet and the sound and the pure immersion in that world. And I think... So this seventy-minute cut had a had an element of that, but it but it missed the story. It missed that intrigue and the excitement of of David's story. And David's handsome. He's interesting. He's got something to say. He wants to talk. He wants to say something. So he's not an enigma, which I think Zidane is more of. And. So it wouldn't have been true to him and it wouldn't have been true to the story that I, I was telling. So there is very much that that thing of the, the limit of the footage you have, you know, and yeah, that, I mean, that's why it took us such a long time to edit it. And, and I'm sure the, the Netflix thing will have an equal, equally difficult time when they come back and they start looking at all the footage and going, there's, there's almost not much there. And you've got, as you know, you've got to be there at the moment it happens or you've missed it, you know? I think they'll probably have lots, like the television cameras to fall back on and the rights to use all of that. So it's it's a massive job though. And I, I'm, I'm really excited to see it actually. I think it'll be, yeah, some and have so many elements of what I was wanting to do with time trial and, 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 
and not, you know, it'll have it'll have stuff that I, you know, wouldn't have been so interested in, and you know, but yeah, I think it'll be fascinating. Yeah, I mean, the advantage you had was at least you knew what two thirds or three quarters of your narrative arc was, you know, when when you were going into the film. Whereas Netflix turn up on the first day of the Tour de France and they do not know what the stories are going to be, and so yeah. I think, as you say, you know the drama controversy on the cobbles or a, a favourite suddenly falling out of the, the GC picture, those are the stories of the day. And their dilemma yeah. is, have we got the footage? Have we got the reaction? Have we got the interviews to tell those stories? Well, in that narrow window where everyone's reacting that little bit more rawly, you know, after the fact, you know, two weeks, go and do the pickups and oh, tell us about that day halfway through the tour from, you know, a, a month later, it's a totally yeah. different type of storytelling then, isn't it? And you can almost see those joins as well in, in something like that, when people are reacting instinctively and when people are kind of reflecting. So that's probably Definitely. the biggest dilemma they've got. Yeah, and I, and I think with cycling, it's such a difficult, because I think they haven't nailed, I mean, they, they absolutely haven't nailed what they were doing. Because the first time, so the, the we went to the UCI and we were like a test case for our film to use these onboard cameras. And, and so they, you know, we would just shoot stuff and give them it and they would have a look and say whether it was good or bad, or, you know, it was just them, them kind of testing it out on a very kind of um, quiet way in a way. And, and we, and, and I think they've got, it's a real difficult thing because you see all these kind of velon things and of in the race and a crash happening and you know from the different riders point of view and that, and that's that's kind of nice but it's after the fact you know as you say and i think that that the television needs to somehow find a way to kind of capture that immediate post race analysis almost but in the race, you know, or of a moment, because yeah, I, I, I think it just doesn't. It, it, you know, watching that five hours on TV of a bike race of the Tour de France, I, I love to do that. But what I also love is you just turn off and switch off, and kind of your mind drifts away. But if they could find some other way to just like, because anyone you speak to who's not into cycling. Oh God! Yeah, I see that in the summer. Lots of French people I know. The Tour de France obviously is like <laughs> your broadcast all the way through the summer, and it's their soundtrack to the summer almost. And they love it and hate it, but they turn it on, and it's just like this drifting, quiet thing of scenery, and you know, showing off the different departments. But actually, if they could make it more dramatic during the race, which I, I, don't, I can't imagine, it's such a difficult. Technic technology wise, but maybe it is. Maybe there's lots more crew required and editors to immediately kind of cut things together. And I don't know. I think that would be kind of much more fascinating if they could do that velon thing as it's happening. You know, if you if you like. And then you're cutting between the tour as we watch it on TV at the moment, which is like this beautiful wallpaper, to the velon yeah. footage, which is like being on the Millennium Falcon. You know, and and, yeah. and flying through the um, definitely. You know, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's a it's a tricky one, that, that yeah. balance. And, I, and we're so used to how we consume the tour, aren't we? It looks a certain yeah. way for a reason, but that reason yeah. is because that's how it's always looked. Absolutely, yeah. And I, and I think 
what what I loved about a lot of our footage, it was like terrible. It was out of focus. It was glitchy. Rain had got into so many cameras, and but but that aesthetic I find so painterly and beautiful. And it's like it doesn't have to be pristine 4K, almost like 3D coming out of your your 8K, you know, um, television. It's like all of that, like that ah, noisy, chaotic, messy look is the race. You know, that is what it's like. Anyone who rides a bike and has been in a bunch before, that's what happens. You know, it's not all smooth and graceful and beautiful, you know, as I think David even says in the film, or it's, it's, it's not that. It's chaotic and messy and dirty and wet and like... You know the glasses getting steamed up and I, I, steamed up or sprayed with mud and wet. It's it's terrible from someone's wheel. It's like constant spray. And I think that's what you. That's for me what's great about the that that footage we captured on in those little cameras. Even though it knackered a lot of cameras, it's like it's it's it, that's the exciting moments you know and add something but I don't, I don't i think broadcasts are a bit scared of showing that in case people are thinking oh christ i need to adjust my tv because there's some glitch going on you know <laughs> but uh i don't know it's exactly as you say it's like that's how we consume the tour and that's how we do it whether when actually you can make it the audience will go with something else you know if you give them it you know it's like yeah an hour on the clock, Simon. We've come out of Edinburgh. A lovely route through the neighbourhoods on cycle path. Not particularly quick cycling, is it? But we're in the... I think we're in a little bit of calm before... Don't say storm. Don't say storm. Calm before the headwind. Oh, really? Do you not think we're going to have a headwind going over the bridge? I think... Um, I think that's inevitable, isn't it? Well, you certainly get side don't you side blowing over side and that hill is deceptive because it's quite a climb up that isn't it it is we know it well from last time but the other thing on the horizon there just over this little hill blue sky Hello. properly blue sky it is isn't it look at that that's not a mirage or an oasis or anything it's not a mirage it is blue sky so i think uh push on we've not been given We've not had a particularly attractive picture of East Fife Football Club painted for us by our new friend at the cafe, one of the people working in the cafe, an East Fife fan. His words uh, were, lock your bikes up, weren't they? But I, I think he must be doing the place a disservice. I, 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 I'd imagine it would be lovely. Is it not something in the British psyche that you kind of talk your hometown down to to other people don't you you kind of i don't know why why do we do that oh why do we do that yeah i don't know i've noticed it i've noticed i do it i do it as well yeah shouldn't do it should we we should talk our hometowns and and places up not watford is a lovely lovely place isn't it (laughs) it doesn't exist but it is lovely it it exists in my mind simon (laughs) not watford uh let's crack on shall we i uh, yeah, I need a I need a big sip of drink actually. I feel a bit 
I feel a bit peckish. I've, I've really made a, a mistake with the breakfast. I had a small croissant with some jam. Yeah. Just taking a drink out of our custom bidons here. Ooh. Cycling podcast. Ooh. Very nice. They are nice, aren't they? Ooh. Oh, strawberry and lime flavoured beta fuel. Unusual flavour. I don't mind it actually. <laughs> it's no tiramisu, is it? It's no tiramisu, true. Tiramisu drink? No. I suppose there is a tiramisu drink, isn't there? It's called coffee. <laughs> oh dear. Um, we're at a fork in the road, quite literally, aren't we? We are. We're going to follow the road rather than the cycle path now, I think, because I think it's a bit more direct to the bridge and it looks quiet. So we'll we'll stick with our routing rather than following the cycle path. Okay? Yeah. How do your legs feel? I, I've got to say, I, I don't feel brilliant at the moment. Uh, you're going, still going well up the hills. And they're not really even hills yet. I'm, I'm clinging on. I don't think the carb loading of a couple of wee tenants last night was that much of a good idea. No, well, we... Yeah, we went to the Scotland-Ukraine game at Hamden, didn't we? Mm. We did have a couple of post-match beers while waiting for Alan to finish his work uh, writing his match report for the Scotsman. And uh, he didn't use my headline either, which I'm annoyed about. What was your headline? Linden strikes. Very good, very good. Linden Dyke scored two goals for Scotland, didn't he? Mm. Yeah, didn't get used, but apparently did get used by the, the record. Is that right? I believe so. Yeah, he must oh. have been, had been bugging in the car on the way back, maybe. Oh, brilliant. Oh well, uh, yeah. Scotland won three 0 against Ukraine. We thought it was entirely appropriate to kick off our Tour de Cos tour of S- Scottish football grounds by taking in a game at the National Stadium. It Very impressive. It was appropriate, and it was a great experience. Great atmosphere. Um, just got to say, I mean, let's head for the blue sky. We've been very lucky so far. We've actually not been rained on whilst cycling. So let's hope that's remains the case for the rest of today your hammerhead's telling you go that way is it or that way uh, straight on up the road what's your hammerhead telling you my ha- i'm pretty sure my hammerhead wanted me to go that way let's not really oh no 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 no, and no. My hammerhead are in agreement well they're following the same yeah. route simon yeah as long as we can all stay in agreement throughout you me and the two hammerheads we, well, my hammerhead trumps your hammerhead. Does it? Yeah. The hierarchy. Yeah, fair the, the, the hierarchy is, is me, my hammerhead, <laughs> your hammerhead, you. Oh, it's just like being at home. Shoot, shoot that arrière du peloton, cycling podcast team car at the back of the pack, please. Between the first part of our tour and the second, Simon had bought himself a hammerhead Carew too. I think he felt that all the information about the route that I had on my handlebars had given me an edge over him during the first nine days of riding, and we were about to find out if that was indeed the case. If you'd like to be like Simon and buy a Hammerhead Carew too, for a limited time you can get a free heart rate monitor with every purchase at hammerhead.io. 
Add both the Karoo 2 and the heart rate monitor to your shopping cart and use the promo code CYCLE at checkout to get the heart rate monitor for free. Science in sport, not just the fuel of athletes, but the fuel of champions. From Filippo Ganna to Ethan Hayter, and now Lionel Burney and Simon Gill. The 2022 Tour de Coste champions, admittedly champions by default. Their ride is fueled by science in sport. Their bottles filled to the brim with beta fuel. Their cafe breaks boosted by energy bakes. Get 25% off at scienceinsport.com with the code SISCP25. Before we rolled out of Bonnie Rig, Simon wondered whether anyone would be watching our dock and would join us for a kilometre or two. And lo and behold, we were coming through Queensferry and a little figure in a Bora Hansgrohe jersey popped out looking back behind to uh, almost as if you were trying to you know, get me back on the wheel for a lead out. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, what's your name and where are you from? Hey, I'm Craig, I'm from Falkirk and I ride for the Bray City Rollers. The Bray City Rollers, now that name rings a bell because you very kindly emailed some really useful local knowledge uh, when, I think when we were first planning this trip back in 2021 and uh, well, you've ridden out from Falkirk to come and say hello. You've been watching the dot. Yeah, I've been watching the dot, updated every five minutes. So just hitting refresh on my phone every five minutes to make sure you guys are still moving. Uh, obviously not when, when you're on the cafe stop. But, but yeah, it's, it's good. It's a good thing to have been able to watch you guys, your progress all the way through the day. Lovely. Well, thanks for coming out and saying hello. It's a lovely, uh, lovely thing to do. Nice to meet you. Uh, we're going to go across the bridge, and you were saying you've got the same affliction as Francois. Not a big fan of bridges. Yeah, don't like heights. Bit acrophobic. Don't like crossing this bridge. It's, it's, it's quite windy, and it's quite high up off the water. So, yeah, a bit, bit wobbly on that. But it's a regular one on your club rides, but coming the other direction, is it? Yeah, we can do a circle that goes across the Kincardine Bridge further to the west and then all the way along the Fife Coast, and then back over here and then back home. Excellent. And I mean, the Bray City Rollers, what a brilliant name for <laughs> a cycling club. Are you a Bay City Rollers fan? Uh, well, fortunately it wasn't me that thought of it, but yes, that is where the, the reference comes from. Uh, not a big fan of their music, but before my time. But yeah, that's, that, that's where the name comes from. Excellent. I reckon producer Tom will slot in a little clip of the Bay City Rollers here. You know I will, Lionel. You know I will. Just gotta tell anyway. So what can you tell us about the ride that we've got in store today? I mean, we know a little bit of it because we went up to Kirkcaldy last time. We're actually sticking to the road this time. We went on a, we went a bit off-road, actually, last time we did this stretch. Um, but then we're on the Fife Coast, and I mean... I don't know very much about Fife at all. Yeah, I know, well, the, the Fife coast is, is quite flat, obviously, because you're next to the water, uh, but it's all little industrial towns, as, as are all most uh, football towns in Scotland, and you've just got a lovely uh, ride up the coast, across the crest of the bridge here, and then turn right and just follow the coast all the way up, all the way through all the lovely little towns in Fife. Lovely. Your team, Stenhouse Muir? Yes, they're doing quite well this season, second in the in the league as things stand, so hopefully that's how they continue. I think Dumbarton's going to run away with the league, but if we can get a playoff place, I'll be happy. Stenhouse Muir was uh, one of my favourite stops on the last leg, just, I think, because of the, the brickwork around the, the old-fashioned uh, turnstiles um, and the Stenhouse Muir Football Club sign that sort of runs across the top. Um, yeah, lovely little club, and 
let me oh I'm going to get this wrong but playing maroon is that right yes that's right it's a bit like hearts cars or something like that maroon top white shots phew glad I got that right um, what do you think of our mad tour de course idea cycling to all the football grounds I think it's brilliant I think it, it puts something in uh, ideas in my head as to things we can do about that you never see much of your own country just usually ride around where you're from so a good adventure like that with a, with a reason to get to every ground is, is brilliant well, maybe you could do a season with Stenhouse Muir and go to... You'd, you'd tick off nine grounds a year, wouldn't you, that way? Yeah, I If think they went through the division. Yeah, all the way from Annan to, oh, what's the farthest north team? Elgin. So, yeah, the, the most the length of the country if I did that. Well, that is more or less the route that we're... We're, we're just going a little bit further than Elgin, aren't we? Because we've got to go all the way up to Dingwall. Uh, yeah, but your division spans... Uh, well, half the country because there's an awful lot more Scotland <laughs> north of Dingwall, isn't there? That's the other thing. Yeah, unfortunately, you need, you need to go to the Highland League for that. You need to go to Wick and, and uh, all those teams up there. So, yep. Well, we better press on. Uh, we were wondering whether it would be a headwind on the bridge. Uh, can't remember. Was it a headwind last time, Simon? I can't remember. It certainly felt like it to me. It did feel like it, didn't it? That was quite deep into the tour, wasn't it, last time? It was. I was. I was off the back. Well, we're doing, we're, we're sticking together today, aren't we? Sticking together. So we're going to push on that way. We won't make you come over the bridge with us, Craig. Are you going to head back down? Um, yeah, head back down to uh, my car's in Queen's Ferry, so I'm going to go back down there, then it's back to the day, day of life. Got to go and pick the kids up from school and all that stuff. Can't do anything as exciting as cycling at Fife, unfortunately. Oh, well, another time, maybe. We'll, we'll, be, we'll be back in Scotland next year, I'm sure, for one reason or another. Um, but thank you very much for popping out and saying hello. Thank you very much, guys. Pleasure to meet you both. This time, at least, there was no confusion about which of the bridges we were going to use to cross the water from Edinburgh into Fife. A few listeners did get in touch after the earlier mention of the fourth bridge to say that up until 2002, the task of painting the bridge was indeed a continuous task. But then a new paint was developed and it contains glass, which meant that the job only has to be done every 20 years or so. The colour matches the red oxide colour that was used in 1890 and it's cut down a lot of the labour required to keep the bridge in tip-top condition. I suppose now the phrase, it's like painting the fourth bridge, could be shorthand for laziness instead. Once you've done the job, you can put your feet up for a couple of decades before the bridge needs another coat. You alright, Simon? Feeling all right, yeah. I've stopped uh, the annoying crisp crunching and, um, yeah, feeling good. I've had you're some crisps. I'd have had a sandwich. You still stink of them, though. <laughs> I'm good. That's, uh, that's Guy. We've met before, Guy. You joined us on this stretch back in April. Simon's friend from down south, but originally from Dolgetty Bay. And, uh, Simon, we were talking about Sean Connery earlier, weren't we? The fact that he played for Bonnie Rig Rose Football Club when he was a young man. Which I've already found... I found that quite hard to believe, but it's true, isn't it? It is true, yes. Uh, spent two years there, uh, played on the right wing and wore, would you believe, the number seven shirt. No. 007, Sean Connery <laughs> for Bonnie Rig Rose. No great shakes as a footballer, according to a couple of his teammates of the time. So the legend went, he had trials with Celtic and Manchester United, Connery said that uh, he didn't actually have a trial with Celtic, but he did have a trial with Manchester United once. And Matt Busby, the legendary manager, offered him £25 a week. Another club that Connery apparently had a trial with was East Fife, which is our next stop a few kilometres down the road. Now that we are refreshed, we've filled our bidons with some more liquid. Yeah. 
yeah. including some Iron Brew, some the, the original energy drink. Exactly. Made from girders. Made from girders, that's right. Iron Brew, Simon, made from girders, as the advert said in the made 80s. Made from girders. Made, from, made, made by girders. Hmm, good question. Might, might be made from girders. Brewed in Scotland to a secret recipe since 1901, it says. This is Scotland's national drink, Iron Brew. Do you remember the, uh, the advert? Bars Iron Brew, made in Scotland by girders. Was it by girders or from girders? By girders. By girders, I think, yeah. <laughs> well, what, what actually is it? It's a mystery. It's a closely guarded secret. It's a very rich, deep orange colour, isn't it? And have you, have you had a sniff? Yeah, Doesn't give you any more clues, does it? It's, it smells very sweet, but what actually is it? <laughs> what is... I want to say... It's sugar, really. It smells of sugar. It smells of just sweetness. But your head, because it's orange, sort of tells you it, it might be have an orangey taste. But it doesn't, does it? I can't. You can't place it. It's just iron brew. <laughs> it's iron brew. If you, if I drank that with a blindfold on, I would tell you instantly that is iron brew. It's extremely distinctive flavour, but it doesn't taste. Go on. Of, you've had a go, haven't you? Mm, it's iron brew. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't taste of anything that it, it defies definition, basically. Guy, you, you've got a, a real close connection with Sean Connery, haven't you? <laughs> That's a bit tenuous. Yeah, I was just saying that um, he he worked in the, uh, what's it called, in the co-op. I think when he was in his, he must have been in his early 20s or late teens. And I only know this because my mother, who is now 86, when she was a teenager, she worked in the co-op in Edinburgh. And um, Sean Connery used to come in. He was a milkman. Despite Simon scoffing at the thought, he was indeed a milkman at the co-op in Edinburgh. I'm not sure what part of Edinburgh that was. But, uh, yeah, my mum worked there. And uh, she used to see him on a regular basis. Didn't know him, didn't speak to him. But uh, he was indeed a milkman. Licensed. So was I. You were a milkman was, for how I? long, Simon? Uh, two and a bit days. So stealing milk bottles <laughs> off people's uh, doorsteps doesn't really count. No, I was a milkman. And how did you resign as a milkman? Um, I did you get the opportunity? I got up especially early, uh, went down to the milk depot with my uniform and hung it on the gate and wrote a little sign saying, may the force be with you. I don't know why. I couldn't hack it. I couldn't hack the early starts. I couldn't, and it went on till after lunch as well. It was sort of 2am till after lunch, six days a week. So any time I see a milkman these days, if there are... Well, you do occasionally see a milk float. Uh, I tip my hat to them, because good on them. It's a tough job. um, Sean Connery, licensed to kill. That was was 007, wasn't it? Simon Gill... Licensed, not licensed to deliver. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I take it. I wasn't tough enough. Well, you're tough enough to ride seven kilometres to East Fife. Let's let's crack on and uh, 
don't want to jinx it, but the sun is actually shining. Not on us directly, we're in the shade, but the sun is actually shining. It's turned into quite a glorious afternoon. Bodes well for the rest of the week. It's a calm day today, Simon, but I can imagine this being quite windswept and interesting. It would be, wouldn't it? Because we are right, right on the coast here, and um, you can see the, the goal from where we're stood here, and if the wind was coming in to that, uh, it would it would affect play, wouldn't it? Should we put it like that? Would affect play. <laughs> East Fife Football Club down here on, well... It is the seafront, but it's basically a concrete wall and then the sea. There's no, no beach to speak of there, is there, that we can see. We're up on the dunes and uh, I left my bike down there at the bottom of the hill and a man walking his dog said, I wouldn't leave your bike there. Now, it's completely deserted here. There's no one here. And I said, well, who's going to do anything to it? And he said, I used to be a police officer here. You wouldn't believe how quickly people suddenly pop out. So I, I've taken his word for it. Okay. keeping hold of my bike <laughs> well yeah there might be a couple of people in those bins over there <laughs> well this is our only ground today isn't it other than well a brief glimpse of Wraith Rovers as we came through Kirkcaldy a bit of a Sean Connery themed day there a Sean Connery themed day what am I talking about we went to Bonnie Rig at the start yeah two grounds two grounds Nice. Like uh, the, our friend at the cafe painted. It was his team, and he didn't paint much of a, a, a sort of a picturesque picture of his team's stadium. And I quite like it. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's got one stand, hasn't it? It's, it's got one stand, hasn't it? And a, a wall around the other three sides. I mean, it looks weather-beaten, and I'm sure in winter there must be some days where the wind whips in there, the rain coming in sideways. Brilliant. Great conditions for football. <laughs> Hope that's not the broom wagon. Where is the broom wagon? Where is the broom wagon? That's a good question. I can look on the dot, actually. Windswept. That's all for stage 10 of the Tour de Cosse, recorded by me, Lionel Burney, and Simon Gill. The series was produced by Tom Wally. And a big welcome and thank you to our second broom wagon driver, John Hurd of Wild Cycles, who picked up the journey in Bonnie Rig and would see us home to Dingwall. Join us next time for stage 11, when we head to Dundee, the home of two football clubs who play in the same street. Scottish League Premier Division, Aberdeen 2, Kilmarnock 0. Celtic 5, Morton 1. And the United against Motherwell evening kickoff at 7.30. Hibernian nil, Rangers nil. Mirren nil, Dundee nil. The Cycling Podcast was created in 2013 by Richard Moore, Daniel Freeb, and Lionel Burney.